Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, we are at our fall pop-up podcast center in New York City. Today, we're welcoming back George Schultze of Schultze Asset Management. George chairs its investment and strategy committees and together with his teams, makes final decisions over all investments for the portfolio. Since its founding, Schultze Asset Management has executed over $7.4 billion in total investment transactions. We last spoke with George over three years ago when we all got an education in investing in distressed opportunities. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation to see how George's firm has evolved and what he's looking for in terms of investments. Welcome, George. Thank you, Douglas. It's great to be back. For all those who may not have caught our first podcast, which was at the SALT conference a few years ago, can you give us an overview about distressed investing and what drew you to it? Absolutely. So distressed investing is it's one of the last inefficient parts of the market. It's becoming a little bit more efficient lately, but, but uh, there's a great opportunity there with getting reward for spending time doing fundamental analysis and research on different uh, corporate distress events. And so uh, the market's you know, very interesting and dynamic. It's changing a lot these days particularly, uh, but, but at a high level, it is the finding of arbitrage opportunities between where debt holders will hold debt for companies and how they value those instruments. And when a company goes through a change, typically a distressed uh, event like a bankruptcy or a corporate reorganization, sometimes a distressed debt exchange, um, how those same owners of those securities will value the new equity that they inevitably get. And it's, and it's really fundamentally an arbitrage between where future equity holders might value that stock versus where the distressed debt owners will value it before that exchange. And so that, that's, that's the opportunity. And it's, it's finding uh, sort of diamonds in the rough, looking through distressed debt, looking for those loans and bonds that have traded down significantly so that you create a new entry price into the new stock at a, at a great valuation, and then ultimately selling that for profit. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a thumbnail, that's what distressed uh, securities investing is. And there's lots of different ways to play it. Um, it can be played through a private equity style of investing, or it can be played uh, you know, through investing long and short in different parts of the capital structure, which is what we do at Schultze Asset Management. With the last three years with the pandemic and whatnot, were there a lot more choices for you to find those diamonds that you may be looking for? There were an extraordinary number of choices early in the pandemic. And the default rate, which is... Uh, uh, statistic that lots of people in this industry use to measure the amount of distress outstanding really skyrocketed early on in the in the COVID cycle. Uh, then, of course, we had an unprecedented amount of monetary and fiscal support, not just in the U.S. but globally, to try to uh, uh, taper the uh, you know the terrible crisis that the world was witnessing. And so defaults dropped precipitously with that, but so did interest rates. And so uh, there were lots of opportunities early on. I think the you know, amount of distressed debt spiked to maybe 120 billion early in the cycle, but then rapidly dropped from there. 
And so there were some sectors where there were more, uh, there was more distress and there were more bankruptcies than others. Uh, one in particular uh, was the energy market. So companies that, uh, that uh, drill for oil in the United States or natural gas saw a big drop in their commodity pricing early in the pandemic. And then later, that market recovered tremendously as the, you know, as the economy recovered. And so there was lots of distress in, the, in those sectors and lots of companies restructured. Some restructured very successfully by eliminating the most amount of debt possible um, and presented uh, really a great opportunity for investment profit over the longer term. Did you find a couple diamonds during that time? We did. There were a number of them. Um, in, in fact, like the whole commodity space had really sold off early in the, in the pandemic. And so companies that produce um, metallurgical coal uh, traded off and went through bankruptcy, companies in the natural gas space. In the metallurgical coal, there's one company in particular, Alpha Metallurgical, uh, which, which restructured very well and eliminated billions of dollars in debt and then came out with a virtually debt-free balance sheet and continues to trade now as post-distress equity or post-reorg equity. The ticker symbol for that company is AMR. And... Through that process, we, in effect, created the new stock at a price of under, I believe, $6 a share. And currently, it's trading in the $140 a share range. Um, there were other companies, though, in the natural gas space. There's one in particular, Chesapeake Energy. That company restructured, also eliminated billions of dollars in debt, and then came out on the other side and has done very well as well as the natural gas market recovered and as the you know, the overhang of distress uh, sort of evaporated post-COVID and post uh, that cycle in, this, in the sector. Um, what are some of the current macroeconomic trends you're currently seeing? So this is a very interesting time, uh, more early, uh, but it's a very interesting time for distressed investing because interest rates are rising, obviously, and now they've uh, spiked up uh, almost uh, 100 basis points so far. It's likely that they'll continue climbing from here. The important thing to think about with interest rates is that they reached record lows last summer. And so, you know, the movement up to tighten the economy and to, to, uh, by the Federal Reserve and lots of other central banks around the world, the effort to reduce inflation uh, by raising interest rates is changing a lot of business plans. And through uh, sort of the peak borrowing period leading up to and through COVID, you really had a record amount of junk-rated debt issued by corporate borrowers. And so the, now that's all changing. That, that market has tightened. There's, there's no real new issuance right now. There are bridge loans that are hung on bank balance sheets, and interest rates are climbing. Uh, but yet you still have inflation. And so companies that are over-leveraged right now in this market and in this economy um, are really facing a lot of challenges. You have a continuing uh, bout of inflation, so their costs of supply for nearly everything is uh, are, are, are spiking. Not just for labor, but you know all supplies that are uh, uh, used in producing almost anything uh, have have gone up in price. And at the same time, the cost of money or interest rates uh, is climbing as well, and that's likely to continue climbing. So if you have an economy where you have that kind of change, and you throw on top of it for a business lots of debt, lots of leverage. Um, it's inevitable that there'll be more and more bankruptcies, and that's what we're starting to see right now. Credit Suisse's shares shares briefly hit an all-time low. What are your thoughts about how this company can recover during this market? Well, there's a lot of uncertainty with Credit Suisse right now. 
Um, of course, it's a, a major bank and one of the largest from Switzerland. Um, it, uh, it built an excellent business underwriting junk-rated debt in the U.S. And right now, there, there's a lot of uncertainty about it. And clearly, with the stock price so low, there's fear that you know, maybe their balance sheet will be challenged or maybe they'll have a crisis of confidence. Um, you're starting to see reports that people are withdrawing assets or, or not seeking margin loans from them. Um, so it's going through tremendous change. My sense is they'll probably make it through, uh, perhaps with a rights offering or some sort of other equity raise. Um, but it certainly harkens back to the time when, when Lehman Brothers failed and lots of different big banks and investment banks were suffering a crisis of confidence. Now, of course, most of the big banks these days have much stronger balance sheets than they had back then, and, and including uh, Credit Suisse. I think their, their capital ratio is about 13.5% or so, which is well above their regulatory minimum. But there's concern. And with that, the stock price, I think, dropped down to between 3 and $4 a share just a couple of days ago. And so it's, it's, it's been tough at Credit Suisse, but uh, I, th I think their, their, their CEO is due to announce a new strategic plan in just a couple of days, and, and hopefully that'll set them right. How about some of the best opportunities in the stock market right now, long and short? What are you suggesting investors pay attention to? So clearly this year has been one for short selling. And, and, and our sense at Schultze Asset Management is that that will continue because you still have inflation in the, in the world, in the you know, U.S. economy for sure, as well as other economies. And with that, the Fed is stuck really between a rock and a hard place where they need to continue raising interest rates. And so a lot of the trends that got us here with stock markets down you know, 20 25%, 30% in some cases, uh, depending on the index this year, um, are continuing. Again, you're continuing to see inflation. You're continuing to see supply challenges, uh, in part because of the war with Ukraine, but for other reasons as well. Uh, for instance, the Chinese uh, zero COVID policy. Um, and then on top of it, you're seeing interest rates rise as well. So you're seeing less and less uh, uh, economic confidence and a more and more challenging environment. And with that, equity vest investors have been, you know, they've been bruised badly this year, but it, uh, that same trend is likely to continue. And so in our view at Schultz Asset Management, the best companies to short sell in that environment are those with very much unproven business plans, um, those with negative cash flows, or the need to reapproach the fixed income market for additional capital. Um, companies like that stand a good likelihood of maybe having a distressed event where they default on their obligations and maybe even have to head into bankruptcy at one point or another. So, so if you're short selling stocks issued by those companies, there is a possibility for 100% return when and if they ultimately file for bankruptcy. And we found a lot of opportunities in that space. One that's interesting right now is a company called Revlon, which is a pretty well-known uh, consumer products company. Uh, they sell lip lipstick and fragrances. Um, currently, their stock is trading at about $5 a share. And it's, it, that's, that's even after having entered bankruptcy. Um, so it's an interesting situation, that one, one where um, it's sort of difficult to borrow the stock if you want to short sell it, but there's a, clearly an opportunity there because nearly every company that goes into bankruptcy, at least in the U.S., uh, shareholders almost always get nothing. And, and uh, so there's an interesting arbitrage opportunity short selling that stock if you can afford the cost of borrow and if you can manage the risk well in a portfolio uh, to make some good gains uh, when and if that stock is ultimately canceled. 
It's amazing such a well-known name and something you saw on TV forever is in that is in that position. Another world, another one is Cineworld. What are your insights in, with that one? So Cineworld is an interesting uh, UK-based uh, uh, cinema operator, uh, one of the largest, um, similar to AMC Entertainment. Um, they went through big changes when COVID shut down all the movie theaters. And unlike AMC Entertainment, they didn't benefit from this meme stock phenomenon where AMC stock just rallied really just basically due to a short squeeze, not, not, not really due to any fundamental uh, optimism about its business model. Um, so AMC was able to raise a lot of money, billions of dollars actually, because its stock price temporarily uh, skyrocketed on, on really no news other than a short squeeze. Um, so, so unfortunately for Cineworld, um, they didn't benefit from the, uh, the meme stock friendly, uh, or meme stock <laughs> phenomenon, excuse me. And so that company just entered into bankruptcy. It looks like their bankruptcy will be more of a typical bankruptcy where you know, they have a portfolio of movie theaters and they'll have to go through and cull some of them and close some of those underperforming theaters and really restructure their balance sheet, not just the debt that they have outstanding, but also the leases, which in effect are another form of leverage. Uh, they'll have to close some of those locations, perhaps many of them, and uh, see how the, how the business evolves post uh, restructuring that way. Or hope for Maverick 3. <laughs> How will increasing Fed rates impact businesses currently at the brink of distress? Do they have a bigger risk of remaining in business? Absolutely. <clears throat> and you're seeing that real time if you, if you follow some of the securities that we follow. Um, the junk-rated debt market has really reset. Uh, you know, and it came from you know, record high levels, though. So, so it was very unusual in the last year or so to see junk-rated borrowers pay interest expense on their, on their debt and their, and their loans, uh, their bonds and loans, of 5% or less per year. Uh, just a really unusual time to see junk-rated debt trade with such a low coupon. Now that, of course, is all totally changing. And you see it in, in you know, new issuance where, where you know, the market's virtually dried up altogether. Um, for those companies that do borrow, they generally have to, if they're levered, they, they generally have to pay uh, 10, maybe 15% coupon to get uh, uh, new debt sold. And generally, the investors are becoming much more cautious. And so they're, you know, gone are the days of covenant light loans, you know, covenant free bonds, and, uh, you know, unsecured debt borrowing uh, at, at under 5%, and it's being replaced with a more normal environment. Um, and in the secondary market, you can see it with you know, debt just trading down. Uh, so, so bonds issued at 100 cents on the dollar, in some cases are trading at 50 or 40 cents on the dollar with a much higher current yield and clearly a much higher yield to maturity. So in effect, you're seeing real time in the market a reset in the pricing of risk in fixed income. And it appears that some of the pension funds in the UK that were recently caught up with their liability matching scheme uh, may have been some of the big sellers of these instruments. So, so you're really seeing it come from all different parts of the world. Um, typically when the Fed raises interest rates and you enter a tightening cycle, uh, they do it until something breaks. And here you're starting to see signs of cracks in the system. Uh, so the riskiest borrowers are really having challenges uh, coming back to market. And for those that haven't tried to come back to market, but will need to in the next six to nine months or maybe a year or two, um, you could have many, many more bankruptcies as a result if the market is just closed to them. 
George, what is it about distressed securities that caught your attention? You became an expert in it, and you, you seem to really love it. Well, thank you, Doug. Uh, I guess the thing that really piqued my interest early on was, uh, you know, it's, there's an intersection of law and business there because lots of distressed deals get worked out through the bankruptcy court, the federal bankruptcy court in the U.S. And so that's interesting to me, having a law and business background. Um, again, and as I said earlier, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the few places where there are still market inefficiencies where if you spend the time, you know, you can get rewarded by, uh, by finding uh, mispricings. Where do you want to take Schultz Asset Management? Where, where are we going? Well, going forward, this will be a, a very interesting cycle. Um, we expect a lot more distressed debt uh, through to the end of this year and into next. Um, our current portfolio has been positioned uh, where we're reducing exposure to post-distress equities and really increasing the focus on, on, on distressed debt now. Um, along the way, short-selling companies um, is really a, you know, a growing opportunity set as well. Um, so it's been, it's been fun. You know, the last couple of years when, you know, there's been free money printing and, you know, sort of unlimited governmental support for the markets, it's been a little bit more challenging, but I think what we're facing now is more of a normal cycle where you have interest rates rising. And then most importantly, what will happen with QT? You know, the Fed built up its balance sheet to uh, the likes of what's never been seen before. As the Fed starts to sell down those treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, you could see even more pressure in the fixed income market. And for us at Schultz Asset Management, that's, that just spells a, you know, a growing and growing opportunity set, one that you know, we think we're really positioned well to take advantage of on behalf of our clients. Last one for you. Are there any additional ways that you think investors can take advantage of the current market? Well, it's clearly a risky market. Um, through June of this year, probably the best place to be if you had the ability to do so was commodity markets. So, you know, equity markets had been slammed and commodity markets were doing well. Um, and, and, and some of those trends continue, although you had a little bit of a commodity market reset in the second, uh, second month or second half of June. Um, now there's more uncertainty and it's difficult to find, you know, solid trends. But one thing is clear, interest rates are continuing to climb. So for investors, for many investors, actually, that presents a good opportunity. So long as they can remain liquid enough and don't have too much borrowing on their own behalf, um, they may benefit by being able to take less risk and you know, finally earn some money on, on their cash that they have in bank accounts and, and, and other places. So, so that's actually, you know, it's a, it's a mixed blessing for investors who have cash. Um, but we'll see how long, the, how, how far the Fed will take it um, and whether they might blink, which is our belief at Schultz Asset Management that at a certain point, maybe if you get some big blow up that the Fed will blink and slow down the, the, the pace of tightening. George, once again, fascinating stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Doug. Great to be back. To learn more about Schultz Asset Management, visit samco.net. We'd like to thank our friends at Jay Connolly for hosting the Pop-Up Podcast Center. Please follow us for timely updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin, and the Power Advice Podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen. <laughs>